I'm Candace Sampson, and welcome to What She Said Talk on 105.9 The Region, and I am coming to you today from my very fancy, very comfortable new studio, my bedroom. And we are all adjusting to this new reality, uh, so bear with me as I probably work through a couple of glitches uh, as I learn how to record and send this to Phil, who I miss tremendously uh, this week. Uh, I really do miss him helping me with this. So that doesn't mean I don't have great content. I do. And starting off the top, I, we have the lovely Laurel Crosley joining me, and she's going to be talking how we can keep ourselves calm amidst the chaos and holy cow our worlds have been flipped upside down we absolutely need that uh, i also recorded uh, an extended 30 minute podcast with her about calming our little ones during all of this and that is available right now uh, subscribe to what she said on apple and spotify and get that content right now it's important and it will really help you um, as we go through these next few weeks with our children at home uh, Amy Kapal, the CEO of the Ontario Caregivers Organization, um, is joining me to talk about how we can support um, Ontario's more than 3.3 million caregivers uh, with peer support, which they desperately need, especially in um, times like we have right now. Uh, many people are not taking the COVID-19 threat as seriously as they should be. And Samantha Kemp Jackson is an immunocompromised uh, person uh, due to medication she takes for her lupus. And she is going to be joining me to discuss why we need to be taking this a little more seriously. Um, Lisa Thornberry uh, was joining me to discuss her daughter Avery and her competitive cheer team uh, for kids with special abilities. However, uh, Lisa's parents presumptively have COVID-19. So we discussed that instead and how her parents and her family is getting through that. Finally, we have so much time to binge watch. So Ann Brody is joining me not once but twice this week because uh, she's got all the latest as usual for Saturday Night at the Movies, uh, but she also has a special segment giving us all of the classics we need to sit and binge watch while we'll be spending a lot of time in our home over the coming weeks. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find all the links and watch interviews on whatshesaidtalk.com. And don't forget to subscribe to that podcast. It's free. Just search What She Said with Candace Sampson. Hit subscribe. And I would say listen on the go, but you're going to be listening at home now. Let's get going. I don't just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages. And they told me that variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that you could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor too. So let's get a, a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Sure. That's what friends are for. 
Laurel Crosley is a speaker, life coach, parent educator, and mindfulness expert. She has over 25 years of family coaching experience, supporting parents and children on topics related to stress, worry, anxiety, mindfulness, and meditation, uh, which makes her pretty much the perfect guest this week. Welcome to the show, Laurel. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So let's jump in. So you have a message for women right now. And, and what is it that you want to share with women in general? Well, I really feel that we need to come together as a community. I mean, we're going through some chaos. A little bit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what we, we um, fail to do or fail to think about or consider is how we show up as women. I believe that we have the power to make change. We have a different approach to life and living and sustainability um, that is different from our male counterparts. And our brains are wired a little bit differently. So we always think about our community. So I feel that it's imperative for us to share our content, share our wisdom, and really our love of life and supporting the little people in our lives. So how does our behavior influence those around us then, especially our children? It's so profound. You know, um, I'm sure you've had this experience having your own children. Mine are now young adults, and I think yours are approaching young adulthood. Yes. But when they were little, I remember my children would come through the door and they would say, what's wrong? I didn't say a thing. I wasn't doing anything. I was literally sitting in my own space but they, are, they detect the most minute changes in our behavior. They check it out. Well, they hear our language. They look at tone. They are so wide open, so sensitive, that the smallest changes in our behavior can influence and impact. And it also translates into our community. When we have chaos in our communities, um, we, uh, we feel it from others. We feel it when we flip on the news. We feel it when we flip on the radio. We feel it from our neighbors. There's topics of conversation that can influence our behavior. So it's really important to keep ourselves in check. Okay, so you talk about establishing a circle of support in times like this. So what does that look like? Well, it's different for everyone. Um, many of us, uh, so I walk every morning with, with one of my friends. I've been doing this for about 20 years, 25 years almost. And that is one of my circles of support. So we come out together as, as parents, and now she's a grandmother. So we talk about a lot of issues that are going on in our community. So whether it's someone that you are close with, friend circle, uh, maybe it's peers, work circle, maybe it's uh, you belong to a yoga class. Sometimes there's some beautiful discussions that go on there. So there's many supports online, offline, lots of Facebook support groups out there. Some not so, so, so nice support groups. So you have to pick and choose who I are think, your people. I think that we maybe are, could possibly be even underestimating our own voice in that if you don't have a group, create one. Absolutely. I am watching with absolute fascination right now all these groups shooting up that are offering meditation, mindfulness, yoga, all online as a result of, of and it's mostly women. I haven't, I must say I'm mostly attached to women's groups, but the women are coming together and saying, okay, well, we can still do this. Here's a circle of support here. Here's a circle of support here. I talk about it a lot with kids, figuring out who the safe people are, who has the great content, um, who's not going to, you know, go derailing off into the corner, you know? And uh, so you want to stay 
balanced. I think one of the most um, wonderful things I've seen personally was just today, uh, I came across a brand new word and we all have all kinds of new words and expressions, right? We have social distancing and self-isolating, but my favorite new word is care mongering. And it was created in Canada. Love it. And uh, it's created these groups and communities that are not out there to scaremonger, but to caremonger. And they are helping the vulnerable and the elderly in our communities, which I think is wonderful. And so lots of opportunities to create groups like that online. So we still remain um, connected. Connected. And that's our biggest thing as social critters. You know, if we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, because I know you're doing some psychology right now, uh, you know that we need our we need our people. We do. And so we need to rethink and reframe how our social constructs are functioning on this world. And, and so I, I just want to sort of go off on that a little bit because, you know, we talk about women in general, and here's the one thing I know. I'm talking to a lot of women right now, and I'm saying, how are you? And I'm getting, oh, I'm good. And there, we have this tough exterior because we need to present um, for our children and, and, and our families, but inside we're kind of crumbling a little bit, right? So you say that we really need to ask for help. Yes. And that's our biggest downfall as women. We never ask for, I'm great. I'm functioning. Look at me. My hair looks great. And yet when they go inside and close the door, they're falling apart. And it's okay to share that you're falling apart. It's okay to reach out to people. It's okay. And find your people that you feel safe with. Going back to that circle of support, find those safe people. I have a group of really great women that when the poop hits the fan, I hope I can say that, <laughs> I can it's, it's a safe, safe, safe thing to say. I can reach out to them and say, you know what? I'm not doing so well. They come from all walks of life. They're older. They're younger. You know, each has their area of expertise, <laughs> can I say. You know, from a nurse to a doctor to, you know, to an event planner. Like, I got my people covered personally and professionally so that when I'm feeling this way, I reach out. And I share with people sometimes, you know what? Yeah, I had a panic attack on Sunday. I real I didn't know what that what it was that was what it was. I went and then I went, okay. Yeah, okay. and I think in terms of our mental health, that's crucial, right? We need to A admit how we're feeling uh, in a safe space and to people and to also be able to step back and then fact check. You know, I think a lot of us I talk about I talk about time traveling a lot. I'm time traveling, you know, six months in the future going, what if, what if, what if? Uh, really, what I need to be doing is staying focused on the here and now, what's happening today, and not let myself time travel. Yeah, and you know when we when we time travel. So you know if you're you will become anxious if you're always thinking about the what ifs. Mm -hmm. And so, how do we stay in the present? Well, I don't know. I like to cook. Right. So when I'm going into my kitchen and looking in my fridge, I'm thinking about what's blowing up, what's derailing, what's happening out here. I'm going, ooh, what do I feel like eating and making for the family? And then that's a magical thing that's happening. Everybody's cooking again. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a great thing, right? Okay, right? So we've got a minute left here. So you talk about finding uh, your sweet spot. So what does that look like for women? 
Oh, it's different for everyone. When I get, it's so funny, when I do meditations, when I'm out doing some training initiatives and I ask people to go to their quiet space, guess what the number one place that women go to? The bathroom. <laughs> well, there's the space, but then in their mind, where do they travel to? <laughs> I like to lock myself in the bathroom. <laughs> well, the bathroom is where I do my best thinking. And where I get all my content. Yep. Have a tub, have a bath, have a nice shower, put a face mask mm -hmm. on. Release things so new exactly, things can yep. come in. <laughs> um, but the number one place when you close your eyes and you think about that sweet spot or that dreamy space is the beach. Nice. Everybody feels great at the beach. The weather's warm. You hear the sounds. And, you know, you feel free next to water. So everybody has that kind of space. So whether you're creating a space in your home that is your sweet spot to help you ground and stay calm and mindful, whether that's going outside. I love to hang in the forest and I love to hug trees. Yes, I'm one of those. Well, you know, this is the thing. Outdoors is open for business. Mm -hmm. Everything else is shutting its doors, but the outdoor is, outdoors is open for business. And how about some play? How about getting on a swing? I used to love to swing when I was a kid and we had one in our backyard. I still love doing that. So it's finding that space that really disconnects you from the craziness that's going on around you just to stay grounded and connected to who you are. And laughter is so important. And you know, you and I both love to laugh. Like there's a lot of funny stuff happening right now. Yes. Um, you know, and watching the families outside and the kids playing, there's a girl outside who does opera from her porch every morning. She does show tunes. And so I literally sat, sit with my cup of coffee and watch her on her front porch, which is her stage. Amazing. doing a performance it's hilarious so you know there are all these magical things happening around us but staying really in tune with what your needs are that's your sweet spot okay so i think we're going to need you a lot in the coming months so i hope you will come back and join me again um but for now if people want to find you uh where do they connect with you they can go to my well they can email me that's the best thing uh laurel l-a-u-r-e-l at Laurel Crossley, L-A-U-R-E-L-C-R-O-S-S-L-E-Y.com. Uh, and all my information is there. It mostly pertains to children, but they can, they can still reach out and send me messages. Amazing. Thank you so much, Laurel. I look forward to having you back again. Thank you. More with Candace Sampson and what she said coming up on 1059 The Region. So many kinds of cars in just one place, see them all. You're winning numbers, number seven, not them all. Number seven. Honda, Infiniti, Volkswagen, Toyota, Mazda, Nissan, and you. That's seven. At number seven Auto Mall, number seven means good fortune without spending a fortune. Come see how number seven Auto Mall saves you time and money. Because at number seven, you're number one. Martin Grove and Highway 7, of course. At number seven Auto Mall. Part of the Zankin Auto Group. 
1059 The Region is your station with a special COVID-19 edition of The Feed with Ann Romer. She asks your questions. We address your concerns. A special COVID-19 edition of The Feed with Ann Romer. Saturday morning at 9 and Sunday afternoon at 5. 1059 The Region. Listen live anytime at 1059theregion.com. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 1059 The Region. Now remotely is the lovely Ann Brody, who is here to keep us entertained while we are in isolation. I miss you. Soon we will see each other again. One of these days. All right. So tell me what is not happening at the movies. Okay. What's not happening is John Krasinski's Quiet Place 2, Mick Jagger's The Burnt Orange Heresy with Donald Sutherland, Heather Graham's The Rest of Us Shot in North Bay, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, which I didn't see because they canceled the screening, and Anne at 1,300 Feet, which is a pretty good local film. So, because the theaters are closed. Uh, I guess we had to see that coming. It's, it's uh, been announced. Um, so, we are in front of our televisions and computers, and I really want to promote Blow the Man Down on Amazon Prime Video, just a spectacular film. I think of it as being a beguiling murder mystery. And it's about two young women in their 20s. Their mothers just died. They live in a fishing village. And uh, the local queen bee is sidling up to them for some reason, but you you know it's not a good reason. One of the girls is attacked on a date. She's tossed in a trunk along with another body, but gets out. Uh, there's a lot going on. It's a very traditional, tight-knit pretty city, but underneath, it's not. And there is a Greek chorus of sorts. It's a group of men singing sea chanties, like uh, the ship in distress and the go down ye blood red roses, which are uh, seafaring songs about disasters. And they keep coming up and they keep watching what's happening and they report what's happening, but they can't do anything about it. Okay, cool. I I call myself the queen bee around here. You're not like Margot Martindale, please. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a little, I'm a little nicer, I think. Good, good, yeah. <laughs> okay, what's up? what's up on Netflix? Netflix has Dirty Money. The episode I'm thinking of is a Jared Kushner one. He uh, is a scan of the um, Kushner Real Estate and Development Company in New York City. They own 40 buildings in New York and countless ones in uh, Virginia and New Jersey. They are slumlord landlords to the nth degree. They have used all of their political uh, uh, influence with Trump and his international contacts, like uh, the people in Qatar, to get him off the hook. They actually bailed him out of a massive debt. Um, The man is, is... Wicked, according to this documentary. Dirty Money is a docu-series, and it focuses on a lot of bad actors. And this one was a particularly stunning story. Um, He drives his tenants out in order to upgrade with, get this, all-day, all-night construction. Just incredible. 
Wow. And you also have Self-Made on Netflix? Self-Made. Octavia Spencer plays um, Sarah Breedlove, who was an African-American woman at the turn of the century, who developed a line of hair products specifically targeted to black women. And over time, and against obstacles, became a millionaire, the first female millionaire in the U.S. Absolutely love Octavia Spencer. So I'm going to put that one on my list. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit of a Hallmark type film, but that's fine. We need something pleasant to watch. We really do. And we're a bit wanting in that department. But may I say, go to your, not go to your public library because they're shot. If you have a library card, go in, sign up for Hoopla Digital. They have a massive library of television shows, uh, the entire breadth of television shows, past, present, and movies and what an impressive array they have i don't know who put it together but the they must be film critics <laughs> um just go there you'll find everything you need from shows uh comedy dramas fitness online learning and also there's a, there's a website um through which you can virtually tour many of the world's leading museums there is Wonderful. a that there that's great news. Okay, so finally wrapping up, we've got about a minute left here, Anne. Uh, tell me about what's new on Apple TV. There's a show called The Banker. Yes, and it's about an African-American man who defied the rules back in the 60s to create a, um, a way for his community to buy homes that was never in place before. So, and it's an all-star cast, so it's pretty good. Um, yeah, watch for that one, The Banker. Okay, wonderful. Thanks so much, Anne. You're going to be back later in the show with a whole bunch of older shows we're going to be relying oh, yeah. on to keep us amused. So I'm Not going to see shows, you. agitating shows, all kinds. Wonderful. I'm going to be talking to you a little later in the show. Thanks so much, Anne. Okay. Is spring cleaning on your mind? Let the professionals at Messy Made make short order of your cleaning needs. Get the people you can trust to put the shine back in your home or business. Go to MessyMade.com to arrange a quote. Do you think that replacing your drafty windows or improving the security on your door will be expensive? Not so if you call my daddy. He owns Wintech and he makes new windows and doors affordable, stylish, and doable for homes and businesses. So if you think your home should be warmer or your heating bills are too high, go to Wintech.ca. My daddy will give you a competitive price on high quality replacement windows and doors. Go to Wintech.ca and let my daddy look after you. He does great work. the second in a series of four on caregivers in Ontario with the Ontario Caregivers Organization. Joining me now is Amy Kupal, CEO uh, of the Ontario Caregivers Association, and today we're going to be tackling the importance of peer support for caregivers. Welcome to the show, Amy. I'm glad you're back. Thanks for having me. So I can't imagine how isolating it must be as a caregiver sometimes. You know, that peer support must be crucial for people to to get through Um to keep their mental health intact, right, and their spirits up? Peer support is really crucial for caregivers. Uh, it can feel isolating, and we know that caregiving in and of itself is a stressful 
commitment that we make at certain times in our lives and sometimes for long periods of time. So having someone who has walked that walk or is walking that walk now who can go through that process with you and provide support is huge. So do you have like a, a is it people sign up? to become peer mentors or peer, peer support? Is that how that works? We have a few different options in terms of how uh, we connect people with peers in caregiving, both mentorship and support, as you described. And people can visit our website on ontariocaregiver.ca and learn more about not only how they could sign up to participate in those programs, but also if they would like to provide support because they are at a different stage of their caregiving journey. Mm-hmm. We're looking for those kinds of people as well. Yeah, you've mentioned before that there's just such value that comes in people sharing stories and sharing their experiences, right? Like you you would learn things all the time yourself. There's better ways to do things, right? So that sharing of knowledge is so valuable. It's both knowledge and hope. And this is one Mm. of the things that we learned when we were designing our website and the kind of content that caregivers wanted to see uh, when when they would visit our site. Uh, We thought it was all going to be information and strategies, and that's really important. But one of the standout pieces of feedback that we received from caregivers is, show me stories of hope. Show Mm. me people who have been through this and made it through Mm -hmm. so that I don't feel in those darkest hours like I'll never get there. Mm -hmm. And so we've really taken that to heart, not only in terms of these peer programs, but also in terms of videos and other ways of sharing those caregiver stories. So that's another way that people feel a little bit less alone. Okay. So when did you launch this peer support program? The peer support program is uh, something new uh, at the uh, end of our fiscal in March 2020. And so it's a great time for people to come and check out what we have available. We're going to be rolling out a number of new programs over the coming months as well. So as I mentioned, we're looking for those participants as well as those mentors. And uh, we're looking to grow this over the next several years because we hear consistently from caregivers that they want that connection. Right. So, Because how, how does talking to another caregiver differ than speaking to maybe just a friend? Mm-hmm. You know, friends and those personal networks are hugely important, so I wouldn't take away from that at all. But we know that caregivers are often finding their own personal challenges around coping. And so the purpose of peer support is not only to help you have someone who can listen and understand, as we hope all of our friends would be empathetically, but also where we can talk about those specific strategies for you as a caregiver, for your well-being, for practical things that might make a difference for you Mm -hmm. in your life and that peer who is going through that experience or has been through that experience before may have things that they've done that you've never thought of before and so it's that practical support that's that's really important as well and there's there's comfort though too in in just talking to somebody who just completely understands what you're going through right and if somebody can't relate um, it's not that they're not empathetic, but it, it's hard, right? It's, if somebody's there and they've been through it, it it's so, so, more, so much more meaningful, I would think, right, mm-hmm. to have that support. So what, are, what kind of support are you offering in this program then? 
So the emotional support through the mentorship is huge. That can be a sounding board. That can be tips and information. It can also be a place to share some of those things that maybe you don't want to share with family members and friends. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's hard to say, I'm scared or I'm overwhelmed or I don't know what to do. And so if you have a little bit more of an objective ear in that mentor, then you may be able to do that. We also have uh, some other professional support programs that people can participate in, like our scale program, where there's a group component and a one-to-one component. So then people can really start to get that emotional support as well. So people so people want to do this, they go to your website and, and what do they do? They can go to our website, they can sign up. We have some programs that are time-bound and we have other ones that are ongoing, like our peer mm-hmm. uh, support program is ongoing. So they can fill out the information and then we will walk them through a process of matching because we know that that's really important in terms of somebody you feel you can relate to, mm-hmm. somebody you feel you can talk to. And sometimes that means finding someone in your geographical area or who has had a similar experience, but sometimes that's not as important as just that, you know what, I really feel like you're going to be the friendly ear at the other mm-hmm. end of the phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we want to make sure as well that the way people like to communicate is a good fit. We might like to text. Other people might like to call. So there's lots of different ways that we can manage those communications. Okay. So you have a personal experience um, as a caregiver. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, did you find the need to speak to somebody when you were going through this? Yeah. I've I've had the opportunity to be a caregiver at three different junctures in my life. I was what is described as a young caregiver for my brother who had cerebral palsy. I was also a caregiver for my mom through her cancer and palliative care journey. And now for my dad who's in his 80s. So for me, I've needed different kinds of support in those different caregiving responsibilities. And probably where I needed the most support was as a young caregiver. Because if we're talking about isolation, I was very keenly aware as a young person of how my circumstances with a brother with quite significant Mm -hmm. health challenges and a disability, that that circumstance was really different from what my peers were going through. And did you feel like you were missing out on things? through that time or I I didn't feel so much like I was missing out but I did feel like things were different for me and that my peers could not understand Mm -hmm. and so even though that was more years ago than I would like to count quite (laughs) frankly there were programs then and even more so now that recognize that when you have a child or a young person with some kind of medical challenges that the siblings in their family are affected by that not only because they might be taking on responsibilities but because it shifts the whole family dynamic so we have identified young caregivers as another area of focus for us at the Ontario Caregiver Organization because their needs are so unique. This affects their education. This affects their employment pathways. Mm -hmm. And it affects uh, a lot around their own personal development in terms of the emotions and experiences that come up. So we have some programs and partnerships designed specifically to support young caregivers. We're actually going to dedicate a whole show to young caregivers. So that's coming up on our next show when you're back. Uh, so, but for young caregivers, do, are they matched with um, peers of their same age or does it matter? Is it more really, again, that more who's going to make the bigger connection? Yeah. So we're looking at some different kinds of programming for young caregivers because part of it is we need to look at their schedules, mm-hmm. their availabilities and their needs. So right now our peer support program is really for adults and matching them with people who, who may have similar or related kinds of 
experiences. And then for young caregivers, we have some special things that I'll chat a little bit okay. more about. Okay. Okay. So if people want to know more today, though, uh, where's the best spot to go? They can visit us on our website at ontariocaregiver.ca. We're also very active on social, particularly Twitter, as well as Facebook and LinkedIn. And they're welcome to contact us if they're interested in participating in our peer programs. We're looking, as I mentioned, for mentors as well as people to participate as we grow our programming. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm going to stand by you. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Samantha Kemp Jackson is a successful parenting writer, frequent media commentator, public speaker, and podcaster. Samantha was recently featured in a Toronto Star article that spoke to the reason why self-isolating is so important during the COVID-19 crisis. Welcome to the show, Samantha. Thanks for having me, Candice. Nice to be here. Oh, well... We were talking before we started recording this, and uh, it's funny, you know, our new reality is just, our whole world has flipped, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's crazy, and so you have nowhere to go right now, I have nowhere to go right now. <laughs> <laughs> we have lots of time to chat. So Yes, we do. So we are not in a forced um, quarantine yet. Uh, mm -hmm. although I believe it's coming. Uh, but was there a moment for you in the last week or so that sort of was a defining moment, like, okay, that's it, we're shutting down and going into self-isolation? Um, I don't know if there was a defining moment per se, Candace, but I'd say that it was, you know, death by a thousand cuts, <laughs> I guess, if to use an analogy or to use a metaphor. I think that, you know, very slowly I felt things were kind of encroaching upon, you know, moving towards almost total quarantine and isolation for everybody. And while things haven't completely shut down uh, where I live here in Toronto, more or less they are. I, I know that when I heard that the libraries were closing, when movie theaters were closing, when now in the last couple of days there's been a directive that um, you know restaurants and non-essential services close, then you can see the writing on the wall and you realize this is really serious. And you know, had we not thought that it was before, then we certainly are aware that it is now. We have our prime minister coming out and making um, you know very extreme measures in terms of being able to support Canadians who are going to be impacted, whether it's financially, whether it's economically, whether it's you know with respect to being a parent. So yeah, this is a big deal now. We're realizing that this is the real world. And even though it feels like we're living in a Stephen King movie, uh, this is real life. So it's even scarier, <laughs> you know? We were talking about this before, just yeah. before the interview about how it feels like we're living in this crazy movie, you know, and the drums sort of, uh, it was like that 
background noise and it started getting yes. louder and nearer and yeah. closer and you know and suddenly it's here it's here yeah. now and, yeah. and our whole lives have changed suddenly so you have um a compromised immune system so yes. what is it uh that makes you extra vulnerable to COVID 19. So I have um, an autoimmune illness called lupus, and I was actually very late to diagnose. I was only diagnosed uh, a couple of years ago. So I've, I think I've had it my whole life, and it was probably, you know, acting up for a number of years, at least a decade, but I only got the diagnosis a couple of years ago. Anyway, irrespective of that fact, uh, to manage it, I take ongoing medication because it is a chronic illness. It is not, uh, there is no cure per se. And the way that it manifests itself in different people, um, there's a range of, of things that happen to people. But anyway, uh, I take medication daily and um, it keeps me more or less functional. Some days are better than others. Some days I can't really move around too much. I'm pretty achy and then other days I'm fine. Um, but regardless, it's an immune suppressant uh, regimen of medication that I take and therefore because my uh, immune system is um, compromised uh, and it's weaker than uh, a healthier immune system because of the medication that I need to keep me healthy from lupus I am at risk for all kinds of things COVID-19 anything seasonal flus that's why i get really mad when i hear people don't vaccinate themselves or their kids because you know it's not just for you it's for other people as well so i fall into that category of people who are um a lot more um acutely um susceptible to getting sick and that's why i've basically barricaded myself down in my house and i'm really not going anywhere it's yeah and so i just yeah. want to go back to that point you said you know like flu shots and things like that you know where people it's yeah. not just for you it's for who you're protecting and yes. i really want to make sure we're getting this message across on what she said that this is the reason we are self-isolating and we are uh avoiding social we're, we're doing social distancing and we're shutting yeah. things down and so do you find that there's a there's some I mean, I know that within my group, I, uh, that I sort of, my tribe, I suppose you could say, mm -hmm. social media, that people are self-isolating and taking this seriously. But are you still running across some of this very cavalier attitude towards it? Like we see, you know, people on the beach in Florida, you know, yes. uh, jam-packed or partying on St. Patrick's Day at Queen's University. I mean, I just Crazy. can't understand this. So how do we get through to people? You know, I, to answer your first question, yes, uh, Candace, I would say that there is still um, a bit of a cavalier attitude with people. And I don't want to blame millennials, but I do hear a lot of younger people. And I don't, it's not that I don't blame them, but I understand where they're coming from. Because when I was 22, 23, I thought I was invincible too. You just don't think that you're going to get sick. You think, well, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy, nothing's going to happen to me. And hey, it's just like the flu. That's something I hear all the time. And perhaps for you, it might just be like the flu, or perhaps for somebody with a very healthy constitution, it might come and go. And maybe you might get hit like a bad flu, but you'll recover. But some of us are susceptible a lot more than others. And some of us might be in serious respiratory illness or worse if we do catch it. So um, yeah, there has been this cavalier attitude, but I would really urge and caution people, regardless of your age, to really think about 
you know, the repercussions of you not taking this seriously and not self-isolating. I've seen all of the images as well of people at spring break in Florida and the beaches are packed. And I know there, I, I saw something on, I can't remember what show it was the other day, New York City, there was a ton, I mean, they've got a really bad um, prop. They've got a really high problem in terms of people who are infected with this illness. And yet there's people out at restaurants, you know, going out and, and it's packed at certain restaurants and, you know, they shut down Broadway. That should tell them what they need to know about how serious these are not are. normal times. I don't know how people want to keep continuing behaving like it's no. It is. Okay. So you're a professor at Seneca college. Uh, do you have any plans in place to teach remotely? I'm going to be teaching remotely from here on in until I'm, I was really heartened to see that Seneca uh, took precautions, wanted to take care of their staff and their students. So they've shut down the college right now for a week. And the next week we're starting up again and everybody's going to be teaching virtually wherever possible. So we are not being put in harm's way and we are um, afforded the opportunity to just, you know, make the decision in terms of how we're going to teach virtually. Okay, so your family is shuttered in with you. Yes. Uh, how, how is everybody taking it? Well, like being a really bad parent, my, my, my two, my boys, my identical twin boys who are 10, they're playing Fortnite and they've been playing all morning since this morning because I have to work. My husband works in an office, but he's now working from home too. So we're right up in each other's business and he's ignoring them too. And it's, it's basically a free for all. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll get through it, I guess. <laughs> so uh, you, I guess you haven't settled into a daily routine yet. Uh, I'm not one of those great moms. I have a lot of friends, as you do, because we have a lot of mutual friends, Candace, and I see them on Facebook and they've got everything organized. And I think, holy smokes, I am like the worst parent ever because I'm totally ignoring my kids because I got stuff I got to do. So I let them, they're playing video games they're, and all their friends online they're playing on with. So I think I guess that's, I think that's totally too. okay. <laughs> Uh, we are going to, it's a new reality and some of us are yeah. going to time to adjust to this and uh, we'll get through. I thank you very much for joining me today. Um, I, I'm, I'm eager to, you know, beat that drum louder that people need to take this seriously and protect um, our most vulnerable, um, you know, and our elderly and our frontline workers too, because they are the ones who are going yes, to be absolutely. exposed to this the most. Oh, I totally agree. And thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about it, Candace. And okay. you stay well and healthy. You too. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. York247.com is York Region's very own video sharing channel. The community events, local entertainment, sports, and neighborhood favorites you won't see anywhere else. Inside York Region services and exclusive business profiles. To see yourself and your stories, go to york247.com. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 105.9 The Region. Thornbury is a wife, mom of two, and a former teacher who left teaching after her daughter was diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder. She now works at home as a freelance writer, and today she was 
supposed to be joining me uh, to discuss her daughter, Avery, and how she is thriving uh, in a team sport uh, with a cheerleading squad uh, in her hometown. However, uh, all of our worlds have been flipped upside down, including Lisa's this week, when she found out that her parents uh, both have a presumptive cases of COVID-19. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thanks, Candace. Wow. I mean, <laughs> wow, the understatement. Oh my right? God. I mean, I think we're all, we're just all in shock absorbing all of this. But tell me, when did your parents first realize that they, they, they've, I guess, contracted this or acquired it? Yeah. Yeah. So my parents, like a lot of people, had pre booked a cruise. Um, and they were humming and hawing about going, but this was well before this all really took off. Um, and so they decided that they would go. They did, and they had a great time. Um, they came home um, just the beginning of March, or actually a little bit later than that. And uh, my dad, two days after being home, had a blazing fever and a dry cough that would not stop. And then two days after that, my mom had the same thing. So I'm coughing only because of allergies. <laughs> swear. Um, I think we're all going to be walking around oh like right now saying that, like it's it's just allergies or it's just yeah. you know because we are we all have a heightened awareness now of what our bodies are doing because of this virus. So anyway, sorry. This is it. Yeah, and people will ask me. They're like, "Have you seen your parents?" Like just trying to gauge like how safe I am. But no, I have not seen them face to face. We have FaceTimed, and I've seen them like behind glass. I went to their house recently and dropped some stuff off, and it was so sad to see them just standing there. My dad has lost so much weight. I mean, <clears throat> I would like to lose weight, but not that way. It's, it's pretty scary. So like I said, so they came home, they both came down with this. And after thinking back, um, flying home from Florida, they were on a flight with a bunch of people who'd come from different cruises. Um, and the people beside them, my mom said, the man was coughing the entire time. They just gotten back from a cruise as well. And I'm like, hmm. Uh, so, of course, they called the doctor. And the doctor, this is the very beginning of this, so there were no testing centers or anything available. So they called the doctor, and the doctor said, just treat yourself at home, get the fever down. Um, that's basically all they said. Then they called back, and they said, the doctor called them back and said, actually, also, you need to self-isolate for 14 days, which they were planning on doing anyway. So they have come to the end of that 14 days, but they're still sick. And so my dad, after speaking to Tim today, he said, you know, like we are past that time, but we don't know. Are we still contagious? Because they don't know. So they are staying home. So we're dropping things off for them. And how do they feel right now? Do they feel better? Like they're coming out of this? Yes. Yeah. Um, my mom uh, had a milder case and she is better. Um, my dad is still coughing. He's still very weak. So he's napping during the day, which is not something that my dad does. Um, he's a little bit older. He's in his mid seventies. He's 75 this summer. So they're in that, like that vulnerable group. Right. Um, so uh, it's been difficult though, because we want to help them, but we have to be um, mindful that we can't be exposed to anything and bring it back to our house or spread it in the communities. So. And this is also because your daughter is high risk as well. She is. It adds an extra layer of complexity and, and stress for you. Absolutely, because she has an underlying heart condition, she has epilepsy, um, so she, we've been really careful about keeping her isolated, um, not taking her out for anything. And I also found out that I'm in high risk because I have high blood pressure. I did not know. I guess it makes sense if you're coughing and you have high blood pressure, it's just not a good combination. But 
Um, yeah, and it's been hard on my daughter because she doesn't quite understand what it means. So she sees her friends playing outside um, and she can't join them. She can't see grandma and grandpa and have her weekly sleepover. So they've been FaceTime chatting. So where did your parents go on their cruise then? Where was, their, where was the uh, itinerary? So they flew from Toronto to Florida and then they um, cruised around the Caribbean. So they were in Puerto Rico and um, St. Kitts, uh, a few places like that. But at that time, there were only a few cases in each of those places. But it was more about who was on the ship, where they come from, and who was on the plane and in the airport. My mom was saying, you know, you're slipping your passports into those little passport scanny things and then pulling them out again and not disinfecting your passport. You know, there's no. And even I noticed, uh, you know, when I was watching the other day, people coming through the airport, it's still the touch screen. Right. I don't know how you know, perhaps the cleaning has been stepped up now, mm -hmm. but, but not then we, we sure. have, we always have to think sort of back in time two mm. weeks ago. Were we doing that? Probably yeah. not. So yes. there's probably been a lot of infection through that process as well, unfortunately. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And like I said, like they, the doctor did not ask them to come in to be tested. In fact, they weren't offered testing. And at that time, like you said, there were no testing centers, and what they were told was that it's better for you to isolate. And if you have it, you have it. And their only advice was um, don't take Advil. They were told to take Tylenol. And they were told to, if it got really severe, if the coughing was out of control, to call 911. So that's, that's the advice that they were given. And my mom said, like, we would like to know if we have it or not so that we know in future, are we more immune? If, or, but they're saying that if you don't have it and you go in, uh, to the hospital, you're exposing yourself potentially to getting it and coming home with it. Yeah, it's, you know, you're right, because I would want to know for sure that I had it. Um, and I can understand what your parents would want to know, especially when it comes to your daughter. So is, are they eligible to now go to one of the testing facilities? Uh, I understand that they're opening up some drive through places. And mm -hmm. my question is, and I don't know, I guess we'll have to find out the answer to this as we're all sort of figuring this out, is um, if you recover, can you still be tested to know if you have it or, or have some immunity? That, yeah. That's the question, because I was speaking with my parents today, and I said, do you, like, there's a, a testing center not far from us, do they want to go get tested? And my mom said, well, we don't want to go to the hospital. Um, we don't want to be exposed, so um, I don't think they're going to get tested. They're going to stay home and, and uh, keep recovering, I guess. But yeah, can you get tested after the fact? I would think so, but I don't know. Yeah, so these are all things I think we're going to learn um about this virus as we go. Um, so I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that your parents are on the other side of this though. This is really Me good too. news. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because we, when they got home from their cruise and uh, I hadn't seen them, I was going to go see them right away, but we got busy and we didn't, thankfully, obviously. And uh, so I was coming home from somewhere and my mom phoned and she, she starts these conversations like this. Hey, how's it going? Good. Listen, everything's okay. But, <laughs> and then I freak out and she's like, we think we have coronavirus and I'm like, Oh my God. But yeah, uh, they're, they're doing well and they came through the other side. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's good. And so from, um, all of us listening, uh, please pass on our thanks to your parents for being responsible and self isolating. This is huge for all of us as a society right now to be doing this. And so we're very grateful that they were, 
actually quite ahead of things considering um, how things have been shaping up. So that's good. I will let them know. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for joining us, Lisa. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. She's just a girl, but she's on fire. Stick around. More What She Said with Candace Sampson coming up on 105.9 The Region. Joining me again for a second time this hour, which is a rarity, is Anne Brody, because holy cow, people, we are going to need to amuse ourselves at home, and Anne is the expert. Anne, what do we need to watch at home? I didn't even have to think too hard to come up with with most of these because there are some brilliant shows that we need to revisit. Um, But I want to say one of my favorite streaming services, Acorn TV, is offering a free 30-day trial. Now, they've got all the British police procedurals, the comedies, the reality shows, and news. So, hoo-ha. Um, also, there's a new streaming service out called Topic.com, and they tend to do a lot of the really cool Nordic noirs from Scandinavia and Europe. So that is, I'm going to look at that next. Also, um, as I mentioned, some of the studios are pondering doing day and dates online, but just be wary of what they're going to charge. Uh, it's actually more than what they would charge in theaters. Now, to raise our spirits, this is a total no-brainer. I love Lucy. Oh, what a great show. And you know, really, a lot of parents are at home right now with their kids. And what a great show to introduce to your kids. It's simple. It's it's crystal clear. The look is so good with all the remasterings they've done. Also, it was so innovative. They can tell them they started the three-camera business and all of this. Then we have Seinfeld, of course. Classic. That is comfort TV. I know all the lines. I could watch them six million times over each one. You know, there's a show called Hometown on HGTV. It's about uh, a husband and wife, Ben and Aaron Napier. They are, without a doubt, the loveliest people on television. They're so warm and kind. There's no sarcasm or overbearingness about them. What they do is they are one at a time renovating homes in their hometown of Laurel, Mississippi. Catch them. It'll do your heart good. I actually just... Love the show. Hometown, it's called. Okay. Um, yes. And also, don't you find the Great British Baking Show kind of seductive? Like Dipping yes. <laughs> and icing and creating. And I just want to add that you have on this list Tom Hanks Anything. And I think yeah. solidarity with Tom Hanks, who, is, who actually yes. has COVID-19. I love him. Watching yeah. his movies. Yeah, he was released today into self-isolation. I believe he and Rita have rented a home in Australia. So they Yeah, they've been posting. So um, absolutely fabulous. Now, oh, that's a fun one. This makes me laugh like a row of drains. And we need to. Laughter is good medicine. That's medicine. Yes. yes. Uh, you've got some ones for keeping it real, which I'm not sure that I want, but tell me what you've got for keeping it real. Oh, keeping it real. Okay. Got contagion. Yeah. That's, those are my hardest ones to watch. <laughs> uh, contagion, a recent movie. You got to see that. Outbreak. Do you remember that with Rene Russo and Dustin Hoffman? I Hawk? do, yeah. And the monkeys. And then there's a Chris Christopherson movie, America, spelled 
I-K-K-A, and it's about, um, it's a doomsday film. There's a British film about a post-nuclear environment called Threads, which just gives me chills. And then there's Testament, uh, another great one. And Failsafe <laughs> about the president, about a presidential uh, scandal and, and the bring down, which is, you know, fun at this point. Uh, <laughs> also, I will always make time to watch Terminator 2. That, to me, is the most female-empowered, exciting interesting film that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Schwarzenegger ever made and one of my and the best action film. I'm surprised you didn't put any zombie movies on here Anne. I don't like zombie movies. They <laughs> I can't watch Walking Dead and I actually had to watch a, a zombie movie the other day but it's no longer opening next week and okay. it just makes me so uncomfortable but also for kids, teach them a little bit, show them musicals from Hollywood's Golden Age, Showboat, Seven Brides with Seven Brothers, Annie Get Your Gun, Wizard of Oz, all the Busby Berkeley films. Oh, the Gold Diggers of 1943, 42nd Street, Footlight Parade. These will warm and lift your heart. Plus, and I know you'll like this, the entire Designing Women series. Oh, great. Uh, yes, yeah. I love that show. I forgot about that show. And for a bit of romance, all the Cary Grant comedies, because there's something about him. He's one of the funniest guys on film, and he's not appreciated enough for it. And the humor and the writing in his films is great. So, Well, my dating life in this current circumstances has just dried up, so I'm totally going to be going for the rom-coms. Well, yeah, yes, rom-coms are good, any era, any age. But really, take a look at at rom-coms from the 40s and the 30s. They're hysterical. They're so much smarter than the ones we have today. Fantastic. <laughs> and thank you so much. I feel like we're going to be relying on you a lot in the coming weeks for this entertainment at home. So I hope uh, we'll be talking again soon next week. Okay. And our eyes will be square by then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Anne. Take care. Take care. Look after yourself. You too. Bye. Bye. That's it for what she said this week. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in this week. I and the team from 105.9 The Region will continue to be here for you. Be sure to follow me on What She Said Talk on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for videos of these interviews and more. You can also subscribe to What She Said with Candace Sampson on Apple and Spotify for extended interviews and complete shows. See you next week. Until then, stay safe and stay home.